The truth, the truth can be a hard thing. I've been active on social media for uh, probably a year and a half on TikTok specifically. And over that period of time, and, and again, as recent as just two or three days ago, I've been called a liar. It's not that it hurts my, my feelings, but it, this last time in particular, it struck me as something that I needed to talk about in depth. This man calling me a liar. Because what he was referring to was my preface of some comments on a TikTok video with facts of reality of my life. Not my belief system, not opinions, facts of my life. Yet he responded to, I think, the content that came after that, my beliefs, my values, with calling me a liar about the facts of my life that I stated. Why is that? As I start this season of this podcast, Noble House podcast, I feel as if before I can get to the subjects that are essential and then we need to talk about, we need to take a step back and deal with this issue of the truth and what will we do, what will you do when you are confronted with a truth that contradicts what you have previously believed. The truth can be a hard thing. What are you prepared to do for the truth? My name is Tom Noble, and this is Noble House Podcast. I referenced a second ago. Um, my social media activity uh, on TikTok. There I, I, I um, go by the handle of Real Talk with, with Tom. I don't want, on this episode, this is going to be fairly brief, I don't want to start off with some of those uh, beliefs, with some of those uh, things that, I again, I believe we need to talk about. First, I first want to talk about the truth. And how do we handle it when we are confronted with it? The truths that are in alignment with what we already believe, those are easy. We'll wave them around like a flag and we'll wield them like a club. But what do we do with the truths that don't align with what we have previously believed? What do we do with the people who are speaking those truths? Probably the first place to start is, let's, let's talk about definitions. Or, or at least the kind of the ground rules for what we're what we're talking about. Truth. It accords with the facts of reality. It's also a fact or belief that is accepted as true. Now, when we say believe, now we're kind of you know starting down that potential slippery slope. So let's again take a step back and talk about something that all of us in this country, most of us in this country can find agreement on. Declaration of Independence. It says, we hold these truths to be self-evident. 
that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, and that among these are life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Now, none of those things are facts of reality, but they are beliefs that we accept as true. Another way of looking at truth is that it is objective. It is something that exists independent of individual thought or opinion. It's universal. It applies to all people everywhere. In other words, it's not, it's not dependent upon cultural norms. Truth is also constant. It does not change with time. In other words, well, yeah, you know, I understand that today, but you know, 160, 170 years ago, things were different. That's true. They were. But a truth transcends time. A truth transcends individual experience, it's common to all humanity, and it reaches beyond human timelines. So why did they call me a liar? I think, I think that it's because I contradicted, in this most recent case, his paradigm, um, his framework, worldview, his idea of reality. Specifically, you're either a Republican or you're a Democrat. If you are a Republican, you believe these specific things. If you don't believe these specific things, then you're not a Republican. If you disagree with the leader of the party, you're not a Republican. I know I'm tilting my hand here. But the facts of the reality of my life were inconsistent with what he believed about those people he aligned with. And again, he's not alone. This is just the most recent example. He called me a liar because I contradicted with his paradigm, his framework, his understanding. When he gets up in the morning, what does the world look like? And I didn't fit that. So that's going to be the case as we start to go through some of these subjects, as we start to talk about, as I start to talk about Christian nationalism, I'm a political independent, haven't always been, am now. To talk about Christian nationalism, I'm a Texan, we're going to talk about secession and the idea of secession. I want to deal with that one, I want to get to that one pretty quick. I want to talk about Ted Cruz's explanation of that, uh, a tech exception, again, tilting my hand. I'm a Southern Baptist. I want to talk about the hypocrisy, even idolatry, that I've seen, am seeing, with some of our evangelical leaders and some members in the larger church. My ancestors, Scots-Irish predominantly, uh, left Ireland in the 1650s, landed in what today is South Carolina. Uh, by the 1850s, those ancestors had, in Georgia, just south of Atlanta, and in South Arkansas, enslaved black Americans. I know my family history well, and how it intertwines. It's all wrapped up in the history of this country. We need to talk about the truths of that history.
my grandfathers, grandfathers, enslaved black Americans. But we need to talk about this. It's not about white guilt. It's about decent human empathy. When you're confronted with the truth, what will you do? You can deny it. You can, you can deny it and surround yourself intentionally, going to events, joining organizations, listening to media outlets that reinforce what you believe, your feelings, how you feel about the facts. You can accept it but rationalize it. You can, you can, you can accept it but, but, but fit it as closely as possible to your previous belief that it, it contradicts. This gets manifested as, okay, but what about? Yeah, but. And again, we start to challenge these, these underlying principles of truth. That it exists independent of individual thought or opinion. That it's universal and applies to everybody and that it does not change over time. We start to, we start to discard, discount those elements of truth. You could, you could allow the truth to reset your perspective, to change what you have held to be true. Where this gets, for, in me and my experience with other people, where this gets really hard is when this is, when this is truths about people that are close to us or people whom, in whom we have projected our identity figureheads or leaders. That person's up there on that platform with that microphone saying the things that I have been thinking and maybe whispering quietly at dinner parties with my dinner parties, at dinner, you know, with my close friends. They're saying it out loud and I identify with that person. So that when that person comes under attack or is revealed to be something different or other than we, than we thought, it's as if it's an attack on, on me because I had begun to identify with that figurehead, that leader. We reinforce our perspectives by, by aligning and, and surrounding ourselves with, with people and with information that's consistent with what we already believe. Whether it's political leaders, media personalities, men in the pulpit, in churches. What will you do when you're confronted with the truth that the political leader has lied to you? Maybe they have said true things, but when you discover that their underlying morality or their underlying motives were different than you thought, you're going to rationalize that away? What about, what about a person in the media that you have held out to be the one source of truth. Again, over time, they have said true things, but then you find out that they have also lied to you. What will you do with that? Will you allow that to reset your perspective of what's real? Men in the pulpit. For Christians, this starts getting close to home because in the church, 
we talk about the importance of unity. We say unity of the body, which is a reference to the general group of, of Christians as a whole. And that, and that it's spoken of in the Bible as an important principle. And yes, that's true. It is also in the Bible, our scripture, that Jesus rebuked, called out, and in very, very public settings, the hypocrisy of some of the religious leaders of his day, while at the same time, he was silent on the oppression of the occupying foreign Roman government and, and military, oppressing his people. Did he not feel for his people? Yes, he did. But he did not focus on attacking those cultural, mm -hmm. political wrongs. He focused on the spiritual, on ministering to people's physical needs, on loving people. What will you do when you discover that the man in the pulpit is leading you in idolatry, is, is speaking hypocrisy, even blasphemy, in the support of a compromised political figure. The truth can be a hard thing. First, the truth of ourselves, about ourselves. We have to, we have to overcome the temptation to ignore that. We have to be truthful about ourselves before we can see and deal with the truth, the difficult truths about the world and the people around us, near and dear to our heart. I know people who have responded to some of these truths with simply, why do you dig that up? Why, why bring that up now? That person has been dead. But sometimes it's important to understand the truthful context of the influences that have shaped our lives in order to understand some of the fallacies that may have attached themselves along the way. What will you do with the truth? We need to think about this before the truths start coming at us and we're tempted to simply dodge it, deflect it, just rebut it in defense of what we believe so strongly and sincerely. I'm trying to be very purposeful. I'm trying to be very honest with myself about my motives my potential errors as I bring this to you. But what will you do? Will you call me a liar? We'll see.